0: Hi, guys, and welcome to yet another episode of Professional Button Pushes. It's just Tani here again, uh, and unfortunately for you today, all you've got is me for the duration of this podcast. I'm not introducing anybody new. I just thought I'd take the opportunity to perhaps answer some frequently asked questions around the medical radiation sciences. It's a new transition for all of you um, moving into this field, so I just thought, whilst you may have some um, Assumed knowledge or prior knowledge of where you've touched on Sciences at school or other educational institutions uh, We might just clear up uh, Some areas of haziness that perhaps you don't want to ask questions around in a large forum So we'll get started and I just thought we'd go back to basics and actually What is radiation? So radiation can be described as energy or particles from a source that travel through space or any other mediums and it can be actually further divided down into ionizing and non-ionizing and these are two terms that you'll hear throughout your careers Uh, and it's really important to have a good grasp on the differences between the two. So ionizing radiation is a form of electromagnetic radiation. So you'll see it on that upper end of the electromagnetic spectrum because it's got that high energy with a decreasing wavelength. And what happens is it has enough energy to dislodge outer shell electrons from an atom, which then causes that atom to become ionized and charged. And then, so that kind of radiation is where it then becomes ionizing radiation because it can produce those charged particles or ions. Now, when we think of the electromagnetic spectrum, we know that we have X-rays, gamma rays, alpha rays, beta particles and neutrons, and these are all examples of ionizing radiation. What happens is ionizing radiation actually has more energy than non-ionizing radiation. And what it does is it causes chemical changes by breaking these chemical bonds. So by dislodging those outer shell electrons, we have breakages in chemical bonds. And furthermore, the problem lies around ionising radiation is that it can cause damage to living tissue. And by doing this, we can have changes to cell processes within the body. And what can happen is then we have these processes resulting in perhaps cell death, uh, repair or mutation. And mutation within our DNA and cells within our body can lead to carcinogenesis. So this is where you'll hear uh, perhaps that cancer is a long-term effect from ionizing radiation because by using ionizing radiation, it has that ability to perhaps damage those cells, which then can cause mutation of unwanted cells within the body. So ionizing radiation is used for interventional and diagnostic radiology procedures. But what does that mean exactly? So the sorts of procedures that ionising radiation is used in include x-ray, computed tomography or CT, uh, fluoroscopy and angiography, uh, and then in higher doses it can be used within the radiation oncology context for therapeutic and palliative procedures. So it's a brief overview of ionising radiation. So then on the flip side, what's non-ionising radiation? So non-ionising radiation is found at the long wavelength end of the spectrum, of that electromagnetic spectrum, and it may just have enough, exis- um, enough energy to excite molecules and atoms, causing them to vibrate. Now two clinical examples of non-ionising radiation is both ultrasound and magnetic resonance imaging or MRI who do not use ionising radiation. So ultrasound consists of high frequency sound waves and these waves are produced by a transducer or in other words known as the probe uh, which can both emit ultrasound waves as well as then detect the ultrasound echoes that are reflected back. And this is how we form a live ultrasound image on the computer screen. MRI on the other hand uses magnetism and radio waves to build up a series of cross sectional 3D images which allow us to view the body in a 3D context. So whilst MRI is not dangerous in the sense of ionizing radiation, because it's using non-ionizing radiation. It does employ a very strong magnetic field. And therefore, prior to taking any patient into the MRI suite, uh, we need to run through a checklist about whether there's any sort of medical implants prior to imaging, whether that be perhaps some cerebral clips or a pacemaker. um, And there's loads of other things that we need to make sure around a safety questionnaire prior to heading into that strong magnetic field. So we've looked at ionizing and then compared it with non-ionizing radiation. And so does ionizing radiation make us radioactive? And the answer is simply no. Receiving ionising radiation, um, even be that ultraviolet light, as we know it's on the electromagnetic spectrum, or radiation from any sort of medical imaging sources, does not make us radioactive. So after the source source is switched off, the radiation is no longer being being emitted. Sometimes you might hear along the way that Clinicians will say to patients, you're exposed to natural background radiation in the everyday world. But what does this mean? What is actually meant when people say natural background radiation? So all living things are exposed to natural ionizing radiation from the environment that we live in, from our surrounds. So what are the sources? What are these natural sources around us? So rocks and soils, contain certain elements within them don't they so for example uranium that is naturally occurring and these give off natural background radiation food and water um, so if you have some foods that are grown in the soil or that come from animals that live within water or that feed on plants these are naturally occurring background radiations from the elements that are within them there's an naturally occurring radioactive gas called radon, which is odorless and tasteless. And it comes from the radioactive decay of some of those elements within rocks and soil. So it's emitted um, from that radioactive decay and just through everyday breathing is uh, a way that we are exposed to this naturally occurring gas. And then of course, I'm sure you're all very aware, the sun is a major source of cosmic radiation or radiation that originates from space. So airline flights and skiing at high altitudes are all activities that can increase exposure to this cosmic radiation. So for example, if you were flying from Sydney to the United Kingdom, you'd be exposed to more naturally occurring radiation than somebody who didn't take the flight. So altitude and latitude can affect how much naturally occurring radiation a person can be exposed to. So that in saying that, geographical location counts towards how much background, how much natural background radiation any one person is exposed to. So I could live here in Australia, somebody could live in the United Kingdom, somebody could live in Canada, somebody could live in New Zealand and we're all exposed to different amounts of natural background radiation not even from country to country. It could be somebody's living in Port Macquarie, somebody's living in Wagga, somebody's living in Dubbo and somebody's living in Broken Hill. And everybody based on geographical location and their environmental surrounds can be exposed to different amounts of natural background radiation in their lifetime. So delving a little bit further, we've spoken about What is radiation and the types of radiation that we might use? Stepping into our professions a bit more, what are medical x-rays? So often the risks associated with medical x-rays and the stigma around x-rays are frequently exaggerated. That's not to say that we use X-rays or radiation willy-nilly. We must adhere to optimization and justification policies around the safe use of ionizing radiation and the as low as reasonably achievable principle. But basically, X-rays are a form of electromagnetic radiation. So again, they appear on that higher end of the electromagnetic spectrum using ionizing radiation. So they have a high energy and they can pass through most objects, including the body. So medical x-rays are used to generate images of tissues and structures inside the body. And how they do this is the energy passing through different structures within the body um, differs for what structures they're passing through. So for example, you will need more x-ray energy or more penetration to go through bone as it's more dense than say what you would need if you were punching through or penetrating or having x-rays pass through the lungs, which are air-filled. So this is how, with different structures within the body, which allow for certain numbers of x-ray energy to pass through, this is how we get, for example, your shades of grey and your contrast within an image. This is how you can see your two-dimensional image of anatomical structures. So if x-rays travel through the body. They pass through an X-ray detector on the other side, which then projects it to our computers. And an image will be formed that represents essentially those shadows of those different structures within the body. So bone, organs, um, and soft tissue all allow for different amounts of X-rays to flow through them. So that's how we get uh, a visual representation on the X-ray screen. So then how is diagnosis imaging, we know we use diagnosis imaging for in nuclear medicine and radiography, but how is diagnosis imaging in nuclear medicine different from x-rays and radiography? So nuclear medicine imaging uses small amounts of radioactive materials called radiotracers that are typically either injected into the bloodstream, they can be inhaled by the patient or they can be orally ingested. Now, when a radioisotope or radio tracer is linked with certain chemicals, it can harmlessly trace the workings of the human body. The radio tracer travels through the area being examined and gives off energy in the form of gamma rays, which are detected by a special camera known as a gamma camera and a computer then to create images of the inside of the body and it creates these functional images to show how the inside of the body is working so from this perspective we've injected or inhaled or orally ingested um, a radioactive substance which then emits from the inside out on the flip side when we look at radiography Our radiation comes from the source, so it comes from the X-ray unit or the CT scanner. How is in nuclear medicine? They provide this functional imaging by the uptake of that radioisotope within the body and then emits the radiation to a very sensitive gamma camera. So hopefully I've answered just a few brief questions there for you today. That's it for another episode of Professional Button Pushers. Feel free to leave me a message if there's anything you feel in particular that you would like explored, explained or further clarified. Uh, I'll see what I can do. Until then, my name is Tani and you have a fabulous rest of your day.